So I'm Katie. I'm the youth minister here. I think everybody knows that that's in the room. But if you don't, I'm Katie, and I'm the youth minister here. Um, and it was probably about a month ago-ish that, um, and I always, I need to like remember my words and who I'm talking to because I told Pastor Tom, I go, guess what? I was like out in my front yard and I was like doing stuff. And then all of a sudden like, like popped in my head this message that I just felt like was really good. And so I stopped everything and I sat on my front porch and I still have the message. I went into like the notes app, like the notes little section. And I just put the speakerphone thing on and I just started talking. And, and just, I, it, and I'm not sharing necessarily like a lot of what I shared that day to myself, but it just was like, it just popped in my head that like, I needed to share this, whether it was like to myself, whether it was to just a friend one-on-one. -on -one. And he was like, awesome, July 9th? I was like, okay. So, <laughs> so that's how this, I know you do get in trouble that way. You have to watch your words. He goes with it real quick. And then you're like, mm-hmm. So, so anyway, but I want to tell you more about, about that day to help you understand kind of where I'm coming from um, for today. So I was, um, I was working out in my front yard, and it was so stinking hot, and I really didn't want to do it. And I'm one of those people that I'm like, the inside of my house is functioning, then like, I don't give a rip if you think my front yard is kind of like rough as long as like my home can function and I can like do what I need to do for the day. Like I'm like, good job. You did it. And yes, there's weeds in my front yard. So, um, so I was finally like, okay, I'm going to do something. So I'm like picking weeds out and all of a sudden, like, do you ever get where it like kind of switches a little bit and you're like super focused, like, I can do this, like I, I'm gonna get this done. And you just start working and working and you don't even realize how much time has gone by because you're like, no, this is getting done. So I kind of had that, like, that change of thought or that change of perspective of, of me getting this job done that I really didn't wanna do and anyway. Um, and that's when I just stopped, like on my hands and knees in the front yard and I thought, man, if we could change our perspective of our walk with the Lord, like, how cool it would be, how much more satisfying, how much more focused it would be if it was not this, like, um, I guess, interruption to, to life, if it just was life. And all the other stuff is the interruption. Like, if we truly changed our mind to think that way versus just knowing I know that's what scripture says, like, you know, everything else is the distraction, but really, like, I need to do X, Y, and Z, and we kind of get so focused, so, um, so I just started thinking about the word um, perspective, and understanding just how cool it can be when we really have that eternal focus or where we change the perspective of how we think about day-to-day -day things or, or, or just the tasks that are ahead of us. And so I wanted to, I wanted to start by kind of, because this, this all came about as we're doing the four chair series. So we're doing the four chair series and I'm thinking about these four different, um, 
stepping stones of our faith or of our, our journey, of our walk with the Lord, whatever way you want to say it. But it's just, it kind of starts here and it goes to here and then we see the whole cycle go again. So um, I'm going to do a little bit of review just because I kind of want to. <laughs> I guess, I guess that's why. But um, chair number one, what was it? Come and seek or come and see. And, and it would be like, that would be the lost, right? That would be someone that's just super curious and someone that's like, man, I just, I mean, I want to know something, but I don't really know what I want to know. And I don't really know if it is for me or not, but like, I'm curious and I'm here. Then we've got follow me, which makes me think of the chosen every time. Because just when he says, follow me in the Chosen series, I get goosebumps. But anyway, uh, but follow me. And our representation is Jessica's little, uh, little what is it, like high chair? Just so you can eat and be fed and that type of thing. What's that? Booster chair. Yeah, a little booster chair. And, um, and that's accepting the Lord and saying, okay, I went from being curious to now... I believe this, I just don't know anything. I, I don't know where to start, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure if I'm in a place to do anything, I just, I know I need to learn more and I need to go to someone else that knows more than I do and listen and take it all in. And, um, I'll wait for a minute. I was going to share something that I'm like, no, nope, I'm going to wait. And then the next one is Fishers of Men. Right. The, the stage that not everybody decides to go over to. And in that stage, we know that it won't be easy and that it's changing from I'm learning, I'm trying to understand what this looks like, I'm trying to understand what my life needs to change to reflect Christ, I'm trying to understand just, you know, what it all means and, and, and what I'm supposed to do now to I know, I know I have a purpose and I know that he calls me to be a fisher of men. And so now it starts the relationships, the conversations, it starts the uncomfortableness, it starts the um, definitely uncomfortableness. So um, I put on here, won't be easy, but it is our joy. This was stuff that Pastor Tom has said through the series. Um, it takes time to mature and relax and enjoy the ride but many don't get past chair two. And so chair two, he had said in one of the weeks, I don't know which one, that um, most people don't get past chair two. And then he said, but there's an appropriate amount of time to be there. It's a good thing. It's not, it's not like, you know, the shameful spot. But chair two, he said, probably a year and a half, two years is a good amount of time to be in this place of just, I'm not saying anything, I'm listening, you just need to, I need to hear more, I need to understand more. But then after a year and a half, two years, and that obviously can vary for a person, and I, you know, there's not like this exact timestamp on it. This is just an understanding from Pastor Tom and his perspective of 
get it, perspective, of, of just understanding this spot in life. And I, and I trust his understanding of that. So then past that is the fishers of men. And then our last chair is... Go bear fruit, yes. Go and bear fruit. And um, as Christians, obviously, we need to be actively teaching and leading others. But again, it's just this gradual process of getting to that point. So um, the verse that was the focus verse of this was Luke chapter 9. And um, Luke chapter 9 and it was verse 23 through 27. And so I just wanted to read that just to kind of refresh our minds and just help us get right back to that place of, of what it all kind of started with. Then he said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit, or forfeit, choose it, you choose to forfeit his very self? If anyone is shamed, ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the Holy Ghost. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. And I know uh, Pastor Tom was like, was, was going over this. If anyone uh, say, or no, then he said to them all, to everybody. And so then I started thinking of what is the perspective of chair one saying yes to that scripture? When they don't necessarily believe, they don't necessarily understand, what is the perspective of I'm just figuring this all out a little bit, and I don't even know if I believe it, like, okay, maybe I don't really necessarily take up my cross, because I don't necessarily believe it. But then you believe. So the process begins, right? So we're going to take up our cross daily. So having a perspective of he has it for all, including this chair one, but this chair one doesn't really necessarily have the understanding of what that looks like yet. Here, we're learning what it looks like. Here, we know exactly what it is. And we're now hopefully being an example to others of it. And here, we're now seeing it repeated over again because the people that we're discipling are now taking up their crosses, right? The whole cycle. So I wondered what it would look like if we actually accepted that invitation and participated in what I know God has for us. And um, in trying to see what the big conflict is that's in chair two that is making it so hard 
to to continue on what what is that what so I started looking at um, what keeps people in chair two because I think there's probably a lot of chair two in this room I don't mean that in a bad way I mean that in a hopefully we're really looking, evaluating where we're at and seeing it and starting our game plan. Because all four of them, there's a game plan in it. If we're curious, we have to show up at the church <laughs> or we have to call a friend that knows more than we do and say, hey, I want to learn more. It still took an initiative. We get to chair two and we spend our time learning. We spend our time understanding. And then the initiative of, okay, now what? So we can continue on. So have you guys taken time to evaluate where you're at? Have you thought about what chair you're really sitting in? Truly, I don't know. Yeah, some head nods, maybe some no's. I hope by the end of today, I hope that you at least know what chair you're in and that you can be proud of it because of what you know you can do past it, right? So no matter how long that you've been in chair one, if you're in chair one and you're seeking, don't be ashamed of it. Be excited because there's another chair beside you. If you're in chair two and you've been here for 30 years, <laughs> if you've been here for two seconds, if you've been here for six months, if you've been here for just past the two years mark, it's okay because we have a chance today to start that process of getting into chair three. So, so what keeps us in there? Is it... Um, is it being scared of, of not knowing what to do? Is it being used to being a screw-up and messing things up and not getting it right? Is it um, fear of failure? Um, is it just being nervous of the unknown? Is it being an awkward person and... Like, I don't want to have conversations with people and like maybe they're going to say, I don't want nothing to do with you. Stop talking to me. You know, what, what is the thing that keeps us in chair two? And I, and I realized it's all about perspective. It is all about perspective of what chair two means, what chair three means, what chair four means, what each of these chairs mean. And our, I realized that our perspective of life or of our relationship with the Lord will change the way that we grow with God. So our perspective of our life or of our relationship with the Lord will change the trajectory of our relationship with him, period. So if we have a perspective of fear, being nervous, being ashamed, being uncomfortable, being overwhelmed, saying I'm just, it's not made for me, saying whatever our reason is, if that is our perspective of where we are and what chair we're in, we're definitely going to stay there. We're definitely going to stay there. Why would we not? So if we change that perspective and we become, okay, 
you're right, I don't have all the answers. Chair four doesn't have all the answers either. Okay, I am nervous. I'm a nervous person. Cool, there were people in scripture that were nervous all the time. I'm overwhelmed. Welcome to the club. <laughs> so I just, I, I just kept surrounding this chair too. And if this is where a lot of people are, like what is it and how do we how do we flip the switch? How do we change the perspective? How do we understand that, okay, we're here. How do we really make one step over? So anyway, that's been like the constant thing in my mind for about a month. And so um, a few different scriptures that have stood out to me um, and that I've kind of just tried to figure out what works for really understanding these verses. And so I, I end up going to 2 Timothy, which I don't even know if it's on there. I don't think that it is, and I apologize. But 2 Timothy, and it's chapter 2, um, and we're looking at about like verse uh, 15 and 16. Verses 15 and 16. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman, who do, does not need to be ashamed or correctly handled the word of God. And it goes, and it goes on to, to say more. Um, but how do we handle that verse in each stage? Because that sometimes feels like a verse that's like, you got to know everything. That's, that's my first thought is like, <sighs> handle the word of God correctly. Don't let people be ashamed of you being the person that represents Christ. Don't mess up. Don't. <laughs> and I go, ooh, that's scary. That, that makes me want to stay in chair too because <laughs> that would be easier. So, um, so then I thought, okay, do your best are the first three words, at least in my version. Do your best. So then it's understanding what's our best. What is that? What limit have we given ourselves? This is my best. This is what I have. And I've realized I've lowered the bar. I've lowered it for me. And do you know why I've lowered it? Circumstances of life. Which happen to people in all four of the chairs. Circumstances of life give me a reason to say, this is as good as I can do because life is really hard right now. I'm overwhelmed. I can, this is what I can do. And there might be some days that that's really true. That's, that's really true. That's as much as I can give without going off the deep end and being like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, I got to go. But do I think that we use it as our excuse, our reason to, to stay in it and be comfortable? I do. I really do. And so I started looking at trials 
and understanding their effect on our journey. Trying to understand the effects of trials in each chair and how they are kind of setbacks or they can be setbacks and how our perspective of trials change things. And so I thought of Mike and Amanda and all that they have gone through over the last six or seven months. And so I will share the, the brief version because I actually asked Amanda to kind of write me out something that kind of just shared it from her perspective. But um, at Christmas time, they had gone to be with family and someone had come to kind of check on the house and grab the mail and just kind of like go in the house and make sure everything's good and then lock back up and leave. And it is grab the mail and lock the car and it's go up to the front porch and open the door and there's just water coming from everywhere. Everywhere. How many gallons again? Do you remember? Was it 50? 22,000 gallons. 22,000 gallons of water. And um, it was Jessica that normally plays keys that went in. And I saw the video and she's going, oh my goodness. And she's taking a video like, okay, I, like now what? What, what is happening? Um, and so she's just going through seeing like, this devastation and this complete loss of this home um, that is, has been used to serve the Lord, I think, I mean, since the day you had it, um, it has been a place that you've very intentionally said, yes, Lord, this is your home and I'm gonna use it to the best of my ability for your glory and like, this is it. And so I don't know how many times that through so many chapters of my life that I sat in that house and worshiped the Lord or dug in scripture or just ate a dang hot dog. Like, you know, I, I've spent so many years before the Shepherd's Fellowship happened. I, it's just, it's crazy. It's really cool. When I think of someone that says yes to my home being used or yes to like, okay, this is like, yes, please come in my door. Be here. Be here whenever. I think of Mike and Amanda. And so when this happened to them, and there's a video of 22,000 gallons of water completely destroying what they knew, um, I wondered, I wondered what God was doing. And now looking back, six, seven months later, I wondered what their perspective has been through it and what the Lord has walked with them through in the process of going through that. So I am going to just literally read the message because, you know, that's the easiest way to to make sure I get it right. So, 
We have had so many stressful situations pop over or pop up over since December 28th, December 28th, starting with being away from home while learning that the pipe had burst in our home. This led to almost daily struggles for six months straight. We struggled with grief. Um, lots of grief. They were really sad. Okay. We struggled with grief. We had damages that we couldn't have fathomed to our home. It was near a total loss. We had to learn how to navigate, how to deal with insurance companies, and they were not easy. They were not, like, so helpful sometimes, just based off of what I've heard. To make sure that we had gotten what we needed to repair our home, we had to watch our home get taken down to the studs. You know, you think of, like, and I'm so sorry, some of these different memories, but I'm just thinking of like the boys taking their first steps or like these, you know, Christmas mornings or these different things that you have seen a certain home, a certain structure, and then for it to just be like, gone. We had to find a place to stay and we lived in a hotel for two months while they have two careers, one being a teacher. I feel like teachers bring their work home all the time and you know you have to like bring things home and take things back and you've got these kids you're like watching anyway mixed with two kids no kitchen <laughs> trying to figure out meals let alone just like what how do we create normal schedule but during all of this stress God showed up in ways we never could have expected we had people rally around us, being his hands and feet, helping in ways both physically, financially, and emotionally. We never could have imagined how big God's arms can stretch through the arms of those who love him. Right? I'm going to say it again. We never could have imagined how big God's arms can stretch through the arms of those who love him and choose to say yes. I'm adding that. And choose to say yes. He has been with us every step of the journey. He has been faithful to send the right people at the right time. And sometimes that time did not feel right because it felt like it should have been weeks ago. So I'm just, I'm adding that, but I know it's true. I know that there's been like, are you kidding me? Like, why is this still happening? Why are we not getting answers? Why is insurance company continuing to mess this up? Lots of that in between. See, this is the problem. I look, I look up and then I forget where I'm at. Okay, and to provide for us every day. We have been more uncomfortable than ever in ways that we never could have understood before. And that may seem odd. 
it's not comfort to live in a hotel. It's com not comfortable to live in a hotel. It's really uncomfortable to have people do things for you that you want to be able to do yourself, and you can't. Probably a pretty helpless feeling. Humbling experience. It's really uncomfortable to know you will never be able to adequately repay people for everything they've done for you. It's uncomfortable to trust that we wouldn't be a horror story when picking, oh, it wouldn't be a horror story when picking a contractor. <laughs> It's uncomfortable to feel that we have to hold it all together. It's uncomfortable to have a panic attack because the stress eventually just overtakes you. And you're just at that, you're just at that point. It's uncomfortable to just be uncomfortable. But, I always love the but. But, not the one you're thinking of, Angie, stop it. <laughs> Golly. But, our focus always had to remain on God. We had to see the blessings in this tragedy. Not after it. In this tragedy. So much easier to say, yep, after this, it's all going to be great. When everything gets put back together, it's going to be great. Her words, we had to see the blessings in this tragedy. We had to see the good coming out of the bad. We had to recognize that everything works together for the good of those who love God. And then she may have wrote, I feel like I'm probably missing something. I'm so tired. I can't even think straight right now. And then, <laughs> and that's that. But it's uncomfortable to be uncomfortable. And I had to remember that God works out things for the good of those who love him. So we've got curious We've got saying yes, which means there's a certain amount of love when you realize that a creator died for you and, and said yes to you the way you are, exactly where you are, in whatever capacity that is, and then it just continues to grow. We all have trials, right? We've all got things. And so if we can go, you guys already know the verse. I don't even know why I'm flipping to it. I don't really need to. But James, Mr. James, um, talks about trials over and over and over again um, and talks about how our trials and what we go through, although they're not trials that God is going Figure it out. You know, he doesn't just, your little, he's not saying, 
I'm just going to rock their world. Figure it out. Hope you grow. <laughs> he doesn't go, they thought life was good. I'm just going to get them. They're at Christmas celebrating with their family. That's not what God says with trials. That is not his perspective. And if you think that's his perspective, please know that your perspective is wrong. It's really wrong. And that's not the type of God that we serve. And that's not what he does. And when we go through trials, it's not because he's decided we needed a little wake-up call. We live in a fallen world. Trials will happen. God is still faithful. Please separate those. So when you go through trials of many kind, what will happen because of it? The testing of our faith will produce... What's that? Perseverance. That's right, Jenny Haug. That is right. It'll create perseverance. And through that perseverance, we will run the race. What's that? Huh? Until it's completed. And whenever we ask for wisdom, God freely gives it. Period. 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 So I, uh, I asked Nora <laughs> some questions, and this was really, really cool. Because when you're sitting at the table with a now six-year-old, she's a very proud six-year-old now, and when you ask a six-year-old questions, like, you have no idea what you're going to get. Legitimately, it could, like, go very south very quickly. And so I asked her what her perspective, I didn't use the word perspective, but um, of God was and of, of different things. And I, so I said, um, what is God like? How does God feel about you? And she was like, he feels happy. He's happy about me. And I went, okay. And I wrote down, happy. What is God like? What is he like, Nora? And she looked at me like I was an idiot. And she goes, he's like himself. <laughs> like with the most attitude ever. And I was like, okay, I'm sorry. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? Help me understand. That's my line. I always say, help me understand. Um, she seems a little bit more like willing to share if I say, help me understand. Um, and she's like, he's not like other people. There's nobody like him. He's himself. And he's happy too. And I went, okay. <laughs> so I wrote it down. How does God want us to treat other people, Nora? These are easy questions, mom. He wants <laughs> us to treat them good. And I was like, okay, what does good mean? Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? She goes, you know, like, don't push them down. <laughs> don't push them down. I said, Nora, are you doing that? You know. She said, don't push them down. And she's like, don't take their stuff. And I was like, you should remember that when you're with Skylar, because you take her stuff all the time. <laughs> 
but she said, don't take their stuff. And then I said, so like stealing, don't steal things. And she goes, yeah, yeah, don't steal things. Mm -hmm. And then, and then she paused for a while and I could see that the wheels were turning. And so I just let there be silence. And out of nowhere, this is really good. I'm going to read it word for word because it was perfection. If it's somebody's birthday and you see the last stuffed animal, you should buy it for them. Don't buy it for yourself. <laughs> My heart. Don't buy it for yourself. You buy it for them. And then she goes, you should really be nice to them. And then she goes, oh, and you got to tell them about Jesus. <laughs> like out of the mouths of babes, you know what I mean? Out of the mouths of babes is a chair three thinker, even though she's obviously not in chair three necessarily, but she has the perspective of like, duh, we have to move from here to like, we have to tell people about Jesus. How cool. Out of the mouths of babes. So then I said, well, like, what is like, your relationship with God. What, what does that look like? Do you like, do you have like a relationship with him? Like what's the, what's the title? How do you, how do you say that? And she goes, these are such easy questions, mom. <laughs> she said at the table, she goes, we are friends. We're friends, mom. Me and God, we're friends. I talk to him. And then she's like, sometimes when I'm playing, I pretend he's playing toys with me. I went, that's pretty cool. And she said, and I learned about him. And then she talked about Miss Audrey, which is really cool, because that means, like, how cool is it? She, like, gets the seeds that you are choosing to say yes because you serve, because, and it's just, it's really cool. I learned about him, and she's like, oh, and I do Bible challenges, which are, like, on my phone. I have an app on my phone, and she loves them. It, like, fuels her fire. So then I asked her the uncomfortable question, and it was uncomfortable for me, too. Um, we have had, obviously, a few years of really, really hard stuff. And so it, I asked her, I said, I have a question, but it is, like, a harder question or maybe an uncomfortable question. And I said, um, <clears throat> when you have hard times, uh, like mommy and daddy divorcing or, or needing to go to different houses and be in different environments. And when maybe you're not at church at our church because you can't be here every Sunday or when you're just having a fight with a friend or um, when something is going wrong and her answer was, and whether she actually does this or whether she knows this is the Bible school answer, I'm not sure, but she said it. And she just said, well, I pray, I worship, and I give it to God. My mouth like, I was like, okay, let me write. <laughs> writing it down and and she goes those aren't hard questions mom 
And I just thought, how hard have we made it? How hard have we made it to say yes to God and to choose to take up our cross? We've made it so hard. This difficult thing that we go through, instead of seeing that this is what was planned the whole time. Pray, worship him, and give it to him. It's yours. I don't have this, like, elaborate message. I don't have, like, you know, all these different verses and different things to go with it. I have, please join me in understanding what chair you're in, understanding which one you're in, what your starting point is, and saying yes to not just staying there. Including chair four, because we're never done. So it doesn't matter. I'm not just talking to the ones and twos over here, and then threes and fours like, you've made it over the hump. You've done it. It's what is today, what starts, is my perspective flipped? Have I made this more difficult than it really is? And am I willing to be uncomfortable? Am I willing to be uncomfortable? I am going to have the team come up if they can. Um, Mike and Amanda have had worship music playing in their home since forever. When did you really, like when you first got the house or like yeah. right when you first got the house? What year was that? I'm asking you these things. 2007. 2007. So since 2007, there's been worship music playing in their home all the time through the night while they sleep. It doesn't get turned off. It's not like, oh, the lights go off, lock the door, worship music goes off. Nope. It's just, it's always been in the kitchen and it's like low enough that you could have every conversation you ever want and it's, it's still there. And, um, and I just thought how many trials have probably happened since 2007 while all this worship music is, is playing. Um, there were still trials, like there were still things that went wrong. There were still things that weren't the way that maybe they wanted it to be. But the perspective was, I'll praise him anyway. It really was. I'll praise him through all of it. And so um, they're doing a song that I, I had just really, really loved. I was so excited for it. And... Um, it talks about dancing through the darkness, worshiping from the lion's den, worshiping when things don't seem like what they should be, welcoming the wonder, the unknown of Christ and what he can do because he's worthy, period. And he's been faithful for all of my life, blessings day and night, countless reasons why, we choose to say yes. And it's not because it was all good or all great or all put together, but if we choose to say yes, 
he can do extraordinary things. Extraordinary things, and please don't limit him. So just figure out what chair you're in. Truly figure out what chair you're in. Be proud of how far you've come. Don't let it be a bad thing because that's just being hard on yourself and that gets you nowhere. And change your perspective to Christ. His perspective of you. His perspective of your journey. And find out what the first step is. Whatever the first step is. <laughs>